Guys, go ahead and uh, get your Bibles out and turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. So we've, we've surrendered to the fact that we are not in control. Sarah said, no, this is exactly what I planned for my week to be like. This is exactly what I wanted. Uh, but for everybody else, we're not in control. We have to surrender our preferences. And uh, that's, that's like, oh, this is tough to do. Like, that's one of those that we, we, we kind of... We don't want to admit to that, that we, we don't really want to surrender to our preferences, but it's not one of those things that uh, maybe is embarrassing or uh, hurtful or triggering to us. But tonight I want to talk about uh, the other side of that surrendering coin, the other, the other side of the discussion about surrender. Uh, I want us to talk tonight about surrendering your anxieties. Um, this is tough, not just because because we can, we can have a lot of relatable light moments when we talk about our preferences. Oh gosh, gee golly, you know, even Sarah's, I know that's just been a tough week and an emotional week for her, but she's like, oh, I wouldn't have planned this, this leg break, but I'll get through it. But a lot of times our anxieties are something we don't want to talk about. Our, our trust issues, our worries, they're not on the outside, they're on the inside. And so we can, while we, we can see stuff like Sarah's leg or, or some of our other preferences uh, going wrong, it's a lot harder for us to share our anxieties and, and, and get, on, get on the same level with other people about what that means and what that's doing for us. Um, by the way, before we jump into the new stuff, I just wanted to, because I know that the Emmas and the, the Haley's of the group were going to want to know this. It was Psalm 37.4, that verse that I, I wasn't going to uh, chase. It was Psalm 37.4, but see if, this, see if this fits like I thought it did. Psalm 37.4 says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Right? That's a very uh, encouraging verse, but it, it really does require you to surrender your preferences because you don't delight in the stuff that you want anymore. You delight in the Lord. We like to only hear he will give the desire, give me the desires of my heart. But in order to have the desires of your heart, you have to delight in the Lord, which means you want the desires of his heart too. So when Jesus changes your expectations, that means you're aligning your preferences. But uh, so you surrender those preferences, but you also have to surrender your anxieties, your your trust issues, your your doubts and your fears and your worries. And so the big idea tonight that I want you to write down again, remember, each one of these things kind of has if you don't remember anything else, remember this big idea. Fear and doubt should be expected, but also mastered. I almost said expelled because it was another E word, but I was like, that's not exactly what I mean. Fear and doubt should be expected, but also mastered. You should expect to have anxiety at some point in your life. Now there's more and more I've noticed in, in our generation, starting with my generation, I am a millennial, so I'm not that much older than you guys who are Gen Z, most of you, but, uh, our generations are more and more filled with anxiety. Like 
like clinically diagnosed some of it. Sometimes it's just, oh, I have, I'm having some anxiety about this. By the way, what is the definite, for those of you that don't know, maybe some of our young ones that might not even know what anxiety is. Does somebody want to share what they think anxiety means? Both the people with anxiety. Both of y'all. <laughs> uh, really? Well, uh, Lila, why don't you share? What do you think that means? Very worried feelings. It's yeah. Very overwhelming, usually. Overwhelming worry. That's over a great. Obsessive. Excessive. Excessive. Well, well, you know, even it's even in the word anxious. Anxiety. It's that same kind of root there. You're anxious and it's an overwhelming uh, sense of fear and doubt. It's not just, oh, I'm a little bit nervous at this point, you know, first day of school jitters or something like that. It's, it's no, you have sometimes crippling anxiety where you are so fearful and you're so doubtful of the situation that you're in that it, we, you're, you're paralyzed. You, you don't want to move on. You don't know how to get out. And I don't want to over, there's been far too many times in churches where people have said, just pray about it, get over it, right? And that's not always the case. So hear me, I'm, I'm not, I am not going to give you the end all be all for anxiety tonight, but, but I, I want to share with you some scriptures tonight that I think can help. Because just because you may, you take medicine for it, just because you may have bouts with it and, and may need some outside help with it, doesn't mean that God can't give you victory in it as well. Because your spirit is attached to your emotions, which is attached to your body. There, we, don't, we can't divide these things up. And so what's going on in your brain and your heart and your body, it's all connected. And, and, and the best thing for you is to surrender your anxieties. And, and that, by the way, what I'm not saying is surrender to your anxieties, right? That's what far too many of us do is we surrender to them. We say, all right, I can't help it. I can't overcome it. But when you surrender your anxieties to God, you are taking that and giving it to him. You're saying, I can't handle this. But God, I need you to. And there's some really great verses uh, in here tonight that I, I want to talk about. Uh, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 6. This is what, <clears throat> it was so much I didn't want to put it on the screen, but if you have your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read about nine verses in Matthew 6, starting with verse 25. It says this, That is why I tell you, not to, this is Jesus talking by the way, not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to drink, enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? And isn't your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is no, by the way. Verse 28 says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their own clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So why do you have so little faith? 
So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But, you, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God, this is what we quoted earlier, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. This is one of my favorite verses. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Can I get an amen on that, right? We got enough to worry about in the moments in this messed up world that we live in with all of our brokenness ourselves, much less, oh, what's going to happen tomorrow? Now, I don't know if you've ever heard these verses before, these words of Jesus, and he was dealing with clothing. He was dealing with food, because by the way, in those days, it wasn't a given that you were going to eat, right? You, there was not a grocery store. You couldn't go down to the food line and, and get you something, right? Or you, and and you, clothes weren't just given away at every turn. We got clothes coming out of our ears in the clothing closet, right? They didn't have that to, amen, right? <laughs> Angie will give you some clothes if you need some, right? But it applies to all the other things in our life that we worry about. Social interactions and, uh, and, and family dynamics, what's happening in our families and, and, and what's happening in our job, what's happening at school, what's happening with our future. These words still apply to your situations too. And, and one of the things that we, we have to realize is that if we have faith, God's going to work that out in the future. That it says, why do we, the re, every time we worry, by the way, that's why worry is sin, right? I don't know if you know this, but if it gets down to it, when you say I'm a, I'm a worry wart, what you're saying is I'm a sinner. Because what worry shows is a lack of faith. Now, I don't say that to make you bad to, to or make you feel really bad about yourself because you worry. But I say that to make you, make you realize that it's not a, it's not, a lot of people treat worry like it's a good thing. Like you, you care too much, so you worry. And God, God is saying, Jesus said himself, it, don't worry if God takes care of flowers and he takes care of, of birds, he's going to take care of you. That's why we started tonight or this week telling you how much God loves you. And how much he has a plan for you and how much that that he's going to work these things out for you. Right. That's why you understand how valuable you are to him, because when you do, then you, you look at the words of Jesus and you go, yeah, you, I, I know how much God loves me. So why am I worried? Why am I worried that this situation is not going to be what what I want it to be? So it's easier said than done, though. Right. So we could again, I've heard this sermon preached like you got to get more faith. All right. Amen. Let's pray. But there's a little more to it to, than that. And so tonight I'm going to give you a couple more verses and a couple more kind of practical principles that I think will help you slay your anxiety and put it in check. And 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 by the way, sometimes God will take your anxiety totally and sometimes he will help you navigate through that anxiety. Sometimes he takes you out of that. Sometimes he leaves you in it. But then in a few minutes, I want, you're going to hear from someone. Because here's the thing. I don't struggle with a lot of anxiety. I don't, that doesn't make me better than anybody. I struggle with other things that you probably don't. But as, as I've 
read these verses, I real I was able to say, Lord, thank you, because I haven't really had to deal with that. Right? Like, again, I just found out last month they're going to have to drill in my head. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. Glad it's not cancer. You know, <laughs> my wife's like, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Right? I've seen a lot of people freak out about a whole lot less. So it's very easy for me to say, all right, y'all, get over it. Give your anxieties to God. But not everybody, but, but I do think that others that struggle with this like you have a lot better perspective on it than me. But I don't need perspective as much as I need the Word of God. So let me share with you a couple things you can do to give your anxieties to God. Okay, the first thing is you need, this will help you. God's promises help you. If you want to give your anxieties, if you want to give your worries and doubts to God, you got to know His promises. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 and 21 is a is a verse that uh, actually they made a song out of this one too. Uh, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm. All God's promises are yes and amen. Yes and amen, that's it. If you don't know God's promises, how can you stand on them? If you don't know what God says about you, if you don't know the Word of God, because guess what? God's Word is full of examples and full of promises that He has made to His people, that He will endure you, that He will bring you through, that He gives sight to the blind, that He, that he helps you to run the race. There's, there's tons of scriptures. Do me a favor, one day just go through, take some of, you know, if you have extra notes when you get home or next time you get in your Bible, get in the concordance of the Bible or just Google God's promises and go through and find all the promises that he has made to you. And so that's really the upside to reading your Bible. That's why we tell you to read your Bible. Because there are promises of protection, of provision, of comfort that God says, here you go. I want Lila to have that. I want Sarah to have that. I want Emma to have these promises. So when they encounter a situation that threatens them with anxiety, when they encounter something that they have doubt about, then they'll have the word of God hidden in their heart, rattling around in their brain, and they'll be able to preach those promises to yourself. And it will change how you do. It will change. There are times where I've run across a Bible verse. I'm like, daggum, I wish I knew that about 10 years ago. That would have saved me a lot of trouble. That's why we say get in that word and sponge it in. Not don't look, treat it like your science homework, right? Treat it like the bread of life. Treat it like food when you're really hungry. Because getting those promises in your spirit will help you to give your anxieties to God because you know what he's about and you know what he's going to do for you. But here's another thing that's going to help, and that's Christ's community. Number two is Christ's, it's a hard word to say, it's all like, Christ's, Jesus's community. God has given us to each other to help calm our anxieties. 
Let's go back to Philippians 2. I know we were in Philippians 2 earlier, but the couple verses before, uh, in the first couple verses of Philippians 2 says this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together with the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one, one mind and purpose. That's a kingdom community. That's what this camp is about. That's what our church is about. That's what the kingdom of God is about, is giving you a community of believers that says, oh, I understand, I relate 100%. You are not alone. I've been there, done that. Let me tell you how God brought me out of that. And, and it's like, as the Bible says, iron sharpening iron. It's going to make you better, and it's going to bring comfort to your anxious situations. They're strong while you're weak. That's why I love hanging out at the church and hanging out with my Christian brothers and sisters. Because the stuff that I'm not good at, y'all are good at. And it makes me a better person. And, it, and when I need somebody to, to help me, so God provides that to me. And so kingdom community is essential. If you, if you want to uh, give your anxieties to God, then do that alongside other believers that are doing the same thing too. Church is not just something to do to fill your time. It's, it can be so much more than that. That's why I will put off a whole lot of stuff lower on the priority scale than church. And it's not just because I'm the pastor and I have to. Like even if I wasn't a pastor, I have seen the value in having a church family that, that a, a community of Christians around me. So when I'm going through medical issues, when I'm going through financial issues, when I'm going through relationship issues, my brothers and sisters help me pick up the pieces. And that's what we're here to do for you as well. Far too many times, it's so, it's so frustrating to me because I'll, I'll find out months, sometimes years down the road, that one of my brothers and sisters in, in the faith was going through something and I didn't know about it. I'm like, how can I help you? How can I, how can I pray for you? How can I encourage you if you don't know? That's why we encourage you to let down your walls and talk to each other. Because that eases the anxiety. But there's one more thing before I turn the mic over here, and that's your perseverance. I know it's a big word, but this is going to help you. Your perseverance will help you in the future. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 says, Don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will and then you will receive all that he has promised. Once you've, I think a lot of y'all, the fear of the unknown is so crippling and you go, I don't know how, I don't know how that's going to end until you actually jump in and do it. Right? Some of y'all had some hurdles to overcome. Whether it was eating weird stuff last night. I know everybody's like, why are we doing this? But some of y'all faced your fears and took that disgusting thing and, and just down the gullet it went. Some of y'all were hardcore. I was like, 
Look at them. They're just going after it, right? Some of y'all today weren't sure you, you were quite ready for the slide or the blob out there, right? And yet some of you decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and jump in and do it. And then once you do it, you realize, oh, yeah, that's not so terrible, right? That wasn't so bad. I've got marks, but that's okay. They'll, they'll clear, right? You persevered through that. And so there are going to be times where God wants to uh, take you through something now so that later your anxiety and your doubt and your fear isn't so bad because you have gone through it. God doesn't waste any situation. I hope you know that. Every time God puts you in a struggle, every time God puts you in a hard situation or allows it to happen, because y'all know that every bad thing is not God's fault, right? It's sin's fault. Sometimes it's your fault, but he allows it to happen because we have free will. And when he does that, he doesn't want to waste it. He wants to show you, hey, let's, let me take you and walk you through this situation so that on the other side, you're going to go, oh, I can do that. I, I, I dealt with that relationship dissolving in front of my eyes. I, can, I don't have to be scared anymore because I've, I've been through that and I'm here. Or I, I've, I've went through that issue at school. I've faced whatever fear I had. And once you face it once, God's going... See, I told you, I'm with you. The world didn't explode because you had to face your fear. And that helps you in the future. And then you can help others in the future. Back to number two in the, in the community part of it, that kingdom community. Now you've had other people. Now you can help other people who are anxious and doubtful and fearful of what's coming next for them. So sometimes God will leave you in that situation, not because he wants to make you uncomfortable, but because he wants to refine you. The Bible says that, that sometimes God will, you know how metal is refined, it's heated up, right? You may know something about that, Brody, right? That, that when, when silver or some of these other metals are made stronger by being put through a, a hot and difficult process, and then on the other side, they're stronger for that. God is refining us. He's refining you so that later on you'll be able to, to, to look at that situation and go, I can do it and God can help. My parents got divorced when Jacob's talking about divorce. And I, you know, it's one thing for your parents. It's, it's su such a different, they're, they're not, it's not one's worse than the other, but you know, Jake was grown and had kids of his own. When his parents got divorced, I was five years old when my parents got divorced. That's a whole nother set of issues. And I remember just being that my world was just upside down and split into, and I did not know how to deal with that. But I know now I lived through it. It was awkward and uncomfortable and painful, but I came out on the other side and guess what? The pain that I felt then helps me to be motivated to never put my kids through that and, and to appreciate the times when I have the things I used to not have. Those things made me better. So you can view your situation your anxious, fearful, doubtful situation is, oh, this is going to suck. Oh, this is going to be bad. Oh, I'm going to hate this. Or you can go, God wants to show me something here. And he is with me every step of the way. 
Just because you feel like you're out there on a limb doesn't mean you are. God is just as present in your life when you feel him next to you, when you're worshiping at church and everything is just hunky-dory. But he is just as close, if not closer, when it all hits the fan. When nothing's what you wanted. When you're unsure of what's coming next. God is with you just as close as he's ever been. And that's actually a blessing. You have an opportunity to be even closer to him in the midst of your anxieties. And again, I can tell you only some, some of the, some of my anxieties are child's play. You're like, oh, let me tell you about it, pastor. Let me tell you what I've been through. And some of y'all have been through it, but I wanted, uh, I wanted our, our, uh, what do we call it? What do we call him? The, the freaking deacon? Uh, the, uh, uh, that's weird. Um, your, the deacon the, yeah, the dancing deacon. Um, no, uh, Miss Richard wants to uh, share with you, because I don't know about y'all, but or I don't know if y'all have noticed this. I know that we're, we seem very similar, but we're very different. Uh, very different. And so he struggles with a lot of different things than I do, and he wanted to share some stuff with you tonight. I, I, I first actually want to talk to Beth. <laughs> Go on. Because <laughs> you came to me earlier today. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You said, hey, would you mind? And I was like, of course I'll do that. Two of the three points, because I have to have three points. That I have, <laughs> Did I? You have. <laughs> Whoops. Some of the same stories that you told. Uh-huh. Some of the same scripture that you referenced. Of course. I'm probably going to reference. That's a, that's a good thing. I thing. just wanted to say, you were like, I'm not so sure that I can talk to them about this because <laughs> I don't struggle with it. You're probably more equipped than you think. Yeah. Probably more equipped. So yeah. Yeah. There we go. I want to. I want to go through expectations. Your people, and it's a choice. That's just what I label. Okay. I like that. I like that. Expectations. Every time that I have ever worried about something, it has never come out the way I thought it was going to. Not once. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean at some point in the future. Whatever, but not once has it ever been as bad as I thought. Has it ever come out to the outcome that is even remotely close to what can I conjure up in here? Not once. Mm. And so I remind myself constantly about the fact that every time I do this, every time I get to that point where I'm going to try to make the dots connect inside my head, I remember that it's my head and it's my thoughts and my ways which are so, so far below God's ways and His thoughts. It doesn't measure up, it doesn't line up. It doesn't do it at all. You were talking about that story with, or well, not really a story, but refining metal. Mm-hmm. So, I've got no idea if this is really true, but it sounds really good, okay? And I think it makes sense. Refining metal over and over and over in a fire through some of these trials. Somebody, an apprentice, was asking the blacksmith, how do you know when it's done? How do you know when it's refined enough when I can see my reflection in the metal? So think about the fact that you are the metal and you're being refined. You are made in God's image and he is refining you over and over and over again until you reflect him. Take it as an opportunity to say, okay. My wife and I have experienced back-to-back miscarriages last year. She shared a little bit of that at church, if you were there for that Sunday. And 
I remember telling her very clearly, in a very upsetting moment, obviously for both of us, that I was excited. Weird thing to be excited about, right? Mm. I was excited for the opportunity to pass the test. I have failed a lot of tests. That's not something I'm really used to, to be honest with you. I don't like to fail tests. What I have learned is that each time I find myself in one of these tests, they get harder and harder and harder, and I was not going to do it again. Not going to do it. I'm passing the test this time. I'm going to learn what God wants me to learn. Hopefully. <laughs> right? That's the goal. Learn what God wants me to learn. And move forward. I'm not going to stay in the still. I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm not going to go backwards. But I'm going to keep moving forward. Because it, it's a choice. It's a choice. Now, I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. Because my wife told me that all the time. <laughs> it's a choice. You choose to take the thoughts that come inside your head and either succumb to them and let them cripple you like they have crippled me before. I had been so tied up that all I ever wanted to do when I got into my anxious tendencies was sleep. I can't worry about anything when I'm sleeping. So I'm going to sleep everywhere all day long. It was crippling. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. That's not what God has in store for me. It is not. So I had to recognize, and I got thinking, and the reason I didn't like the fact that it was a choice is because I didn't know how to do it. It sounds so simple. It's a choice. Just choose to do something different. Oh, yeah, you make it sound so easy. My wife is very similar to Ben. She doesn't worry about a thing. <laughs> it's a choice. Mommy. Mommy. <laughs> then, I think it started to click for me started to preach to myself. I started to preach to myself what God had promised me. Those promises that Ben was talking about. I do encourage you to go back and find those if you're not sure what they are. Start with just a few. Read them constantly. Post them someplace where you get ready every morning. Read them. Remind yourself of them. Stand on them. Be confident in them. And then, your people. Find your people. There's a good book about that, right? Mm. <laughs> Find your people. I was the classic person for a number of years, struggled with things, too prideful to share. Too prideful to even go to a good friend in our pastor, Ben, about it. I would talk to my wife. All right, I feel very comfortable sharing with her been there for 10 years, so, you know, I'm very, very comfortable. But, I wouldn't share with anybody else. It has been uh, recently, very recent in, in some facts, that I have started to share. I remember there was a time just before, uh, weeks before this camp, I don't know, I may have talked to Jay for like almost an hour on the phone one night. I got done, I walked out in the living room and said, hey, I think I like this. That was cool. He shared some things. I shared some things. We talked about it. It was awesome. 
It was a little group message. Stephen was on it. It was nice to share. It was relieving to talk to somebody. And today, Ben was absolutely right. I saw it. I experienced it while I was swimming in that pond water with you guys. <laughs> People were excited about the fact that they were taking uh, their fears head on. Lila, you didn't want to jump off that thing, did you? Uh, there you go. <laughs> but was it fun? Yeah. Did you notice that you had people all around you cheering for you, excited for you? They wanted you to do it. They desired for it. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to go down the slide, did you, Emma? Uh, uh, uh. Was it fun? Yes. Yeah. It was. Yeah. How many times did you do it? Probably close to 10. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> One time. What was it? What, 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 is this something you said, okay, I'm making my mind up, I'm going to do it? Or was it you encouraged? People talk to you into it. People talk to you into it? Okay, well, sometimes that can work. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes that can work. What about you? Why did you go? I knew, well, first of all, I knew that God was no matter what happened. There you go. Amen. And then I had a wonderful support group of all these people that were cheering me on. Yeah. God's with you. You had people with you. They were here cheering you on. They wanted to see you succeed. And they, they, they love you. You have got a great opportunity starting tonight if you have not already. And for the rest of this week, with people in this room, to your left and to your right, to find your people. That you can share things with. That you can talk to. And you can do things with that you didn't do before. Like jump onto a wall. <laughs> or go down the slide. I know, I just, to... <laughs> just to make you uncomfortable. Just to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. But you, you never can get away from being a, an illustration, apparently. Poor Even kid. when it's not your own dad. <laughs> but it wasn't perfect. I thought about that earlier when we were down there. It was encouraging to see. And I encourage you that if you haven't reached out to talk to somebody, do it. And you'll see just how God can work in that in that moment. What we're going to ready to do is I've got some fire pits lit. Do you have anything else that you're going to read? I just had a couple of verses I wanted to write down. But yeah. yeah. I'm going to give them a rundown while I got the mic. Okay? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're getting ready to... Uh, split up into some groups. It's going to be a little different with this split up. We'll explain that later. But we do have fire pits. One right here. Other fire pits down there by the wiffle ball. Okay? That's where we're going to split up. That's where we're going to go. We'll explain that. Uh, well, Ben will explain that when he gets some. Okay? Yeah. All right. Good job, Richard. Yeah, give me a little applause. See, I stole all his thunder and he still nailed it. So that's awesome. Um, I want to give you all a couple, couple verses that, you know, like he said, might be a good thing to post somewhere. If you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with fear and doubt and on a regular basis need to be reminded of some things, here are some good verses. Uh, one is, is Luke 12, uh, 25 through 26. Sounds a lot like it's kind of the same thing as what we said in Matthew. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? 
is worrying about that situation going to make it any better? Does it accomplish anything? It doesn't. So why do it? If you sometimes we have we are given concern that we don't want to turn into worry, it's an invitation to prayer. Right? So instead of worrying and thinking through it, maybe you need to surrender that through prayer. We're going to talk tomorrow all about prayer. That's going to be our kind of theme for tomorrow. Uh, another verse that's really good is 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Maybe sometimes you need to hear your hear from God himself what type of spirit he has put in you it's not fear if if you are feeling fear and anxiety it is not from God it's from the enemy it's from our own brokenness the spirit that God is in us that God has put in us is power love and self-control first Peter 5 7 is another one it says cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you can't handle this. Yep, but God can. Cast all your anxieties on him. That means, can you just hold this for me real quick? Thanks. And God will go, I got you. I can handle it. And then one last thing is the words of Jesus in John 14, 27. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give as a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. God has left, Jesus left us with this gift. Peace of mind and heart. Another verse says, peace that passes all understanding. You can be in the middle of a meltdown in your life. And you can have peace of mind. And you don't have to lose sleep. And you don't have to go to unhealthy things. People find crutches in all sorts of unhealthy ways to try to cope with their worry and their fear and their anxiety. Not, not those type of crutches, but... <laughs> Sarah, those are crutches. You shouldn't use those crutches. Oh, wait, you're supposed to? Never mind. Those are just some verses that... Write them down. Put them somewhere where you'll see them. Um... And then preach that to yourself in the midst of your anxiety.